everyone, and welcome to Wii Universe. This is the show where we are playing every Wii U game. We're just we're just doing it. You can't stop us. We're doing it all the time. Uh, and this week we are playing two games uh, that I thought were going to be just kind of little uh, a random mini game collections. I thought they would fit well together. Turns out they don't fit that great together, but uh, whatever. They don't really fit anywhere else. Uh, my name's Steve Guntley. This is the, this is gonna be the whole episode, actually. Yeah, uh, we're, we should have brought in a. Uh, you're doing more Mars attacks <laughs> uh, yeah. than rabbits, uh, but yes. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to do a rabbit noise because I don't care about them very much. Yeah, so yeah. It's I, hard I, to generate only, I only work on impressions of things that I care about. Yeah, that's fair. Which is why I can do a real good impression of my parents. Oh, that's good. <laughs> You could say your your DNA is doing a good impression yeah, of your parents. Well, that's yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know. I mean, what is life if not slowly developing a better and better impression of your parents as you age? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That's the goal, anyway. So this week we are playing Wii Sports Club, and we are playing Rabbids Land. Uh, now, I I lumped these together because I thought they were going to be two like mini game collections, and uh, they didn't I mean, really uh, fit anywhere else. And they both they are. I mean, they are. They are. But it really, Rabbit's Land... wrapped in an inconvenient package. Exactly, yeah. That Rabbit's was, Land... Uh, prob- that, was, that was Al Gore's documentary about his genitals. It was an inconvenient <laughs> package. This is off topic. Do you remember, like, people were making a big deal about uh, Al Gore's big deal, uh, apparently, because he... He wore some sexy khakis on the cover of Rolling Stone. And, oh, uh, uh, people were making a big deal about oh, that. Oh, I didn't know. Like, this. oh, we can we can see the outline of the vice presidential hog. Oh, so uh, <laughs> the vice presidential hog. Yeah, yeah. Mostly, that, I spend a lot of time thinking about Lyndon Johnson's bunghole. <laughs> <laughs> That's a trivia team name. We need to mark that. <laughs> oh yeah, down. Lyndon, Lyndon Johnson's, Johnson's bunghole. bunghole. Yeah, very nice. Well, what, what makes grounded sense to in reality. Exactly. Everyone yeah. stares at you strangely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before Do we a Google search for it, people, you'll get some exciting results. It's out there. <laughs> yeah. It's out there. Uh, so before we get started talking about these thrilling games, uh, what else are you playing right now? Well, everyone likes Cuphead. He's cute. He's got a cup for a head. Sure does. And like, uh, which is what a quality, joyful, incredibly frustrating game Cuphead yes. is. Yes. Um, and so I was excited when the DLC, which has been long delayed, that game, what, Cuphead's five years old at this at point? At least, yeah. It's almost as old as our podcast. Yeah, actually, um, yeah, it might be. Uh, finally came out with the DLC, a.k.a. the Delicious Last Course, mm. um, which is... Clever. Oh Yeah, affordably priced at $8, comes with a different playing character to play as mm-hmm. and sort of an extra island with more ornate bosses. The thing... And so, like, I've played it a bit, and the thing that's very odd about it is Cuphead is not the sort of game that suits itself very well to DLC. Yeah. Like, um, because it's kind of just a start-to-finish very tight action game, and this DLC was like, all right, we're going to put this additional island, but it doesn't really tie into the main story in any way, um, but you only unlock it by being far along in the story. So, like, I just kind of, I was hoping that when the DLC came out, I would start fresh yeah. and sort of integrate the new features. But it's like, I don't want to do that because I want to be able to play the new features right at the beginning. Yeah. But Cuphead is also very much like a, either you're in the mindset for it or you're out. And, like, I played Cuphead a ton right when it came out and then just stopped. Yeah. And so now to go back to it and try to play these new bosses that are generally pretty hard compare like they're like third third island difficulty at least okay um, has been somewhat frustrating but I'm slowly getting back into the groove and man Cuphead it just looks so fucking good it's like it's pretty crazy great how, and it's how good it looks it's one of those games that like I I really really love and I still have not finished it sure like, I haven't rolled credits so I haven't faced the final boss in that game yet. Uh, Partly because it scares me, you know, like sure. it's a scary boss. No, not really. It's I mean, not he's really the scary, devil. What's it, scarier than that? Ooh. Do you know when that trope of the old timey devil came about? Like I watched the movie Forbidden Zone somewhat recently and like mm. Danny Elfman plays that kind of old timey devil. Oh, right. Like it's a Cab Calloway type type of vibe. It's, it's maybe was Cab of... Calloway the devil. Uh, I mean, I, I have to imagine. So Heidi, Heidi, Heidi Ho is him uh, summoning demons. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Mini, Mini the, the Moocher the, the, is, is his code, right-hand code man. Code for Lucifer. Yeah, I, I think it, it probably came around with like uh, early depictions of Faust. You know, that was okay. when it was always like kind of more balletic uh, uh, coming from the opera world as well, where it's like, 
the tights and the pointy beard and the cape and stuff like that. So fancy devil. Yeah, yeah. that's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's like I'm glad that there's more Cuphead and that's that's really cool. It's just it's a shame that they didn't just make a Cuphead too. Yeah, but yeah. being as it took them five years to put out an island that had like ten new bosses, maybe Cuphead two like. We would have been, you know, doing real good impressions of our parents by the time that yeah, came yeah, exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that might be fair. I mean, hey, yeah, it's good. At least they have a stopgap. There's something kind of in between. Yeah, and I'd be uh, very to curious to. I mean, Cuphead was a huge success. It and was, and it was a TV weirdly, show. And Microsoft kind of made it their like flagship character for a while yeah. before it went multi-platform. So yeah, it'll be exciting to see what that company does next. Hopefully, it's something yeah. equally cool. Well, I have uh, been playing my PS5 still. I'm still playing Horizon Forbidden West, enjoying it quite a bit. It's a big, long, meaty game, so it's going to take me a little while to get all the way through it. But in the meantime, uh, inspired by uh, my recent enjoyment of the game uh, Wonder Boy The Dragon's Trap, which the episode uh, we did with CJ Baker is out in your main feed right now. Give it a listen. I decided to play Dot Emu's next big retro throwback, and I am playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm. Shredder's Revenge. Awesome. And man, is that thing a delight. Oh, it's cool. uh, it's in the vein of Streets of Rage 4, which is, I, I think these are both beat-em-up games that have managed to find the balance. They find, managed to make these feel more modern, a little slicker, a little faster, but they're not overdoing it. Yeah. Like, there's not there's not too many mechanics to learn here. Uh, we're not all constantly having to like level up your character with skill trees and stuff mm, like that. Okay. It's, it's still a very basic, very pure form of the beat em up. It just happens to look really great. It's got some fantastic, a really good knowing sense of humor about itself and nice. about the teenage mutant Ninja Turtle <laughs> franchise, which is really fun. It looks kind of like an old episode of the eighties cartoon, uh, cool. which is really fun to me. And, there's lots of like uh, little ephemera from the series if you're a longtime Ninja Turtles nerd like I was. Is so. this game six players? Do you know? It is up to six players. Yeah, okay. you have uh, the four turtles plus uh, Splinter and April O'Neil. You can play as all of those characters. All those scenes where Splinter and April O'Neil kicked ass. Hey, they show her. I haven't played as April yet, but they show her in the opening like uh, uh, animation that she's using her little handheld Super 8 camera as a club. <laughs> so that's probably not good for the camera no. or for uh, the footage that she's trying to get. But, hey, you know what? She always played by her own rules. That's she true. was a television reporter who just wore a yellow jumpsuit all the That's time. Like, true. How many people these... How, how would we react if we saw a newscaster wearing that outfit today? We would probably be into it because it would secretly remind us of April O'Neil. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I think that should be an homage. Yeah. But anyway, Shredder's Revenge is one revenge I welcome. Uh, he may exact his revenge. What did on you? Me. What did you get it on? I got it on the Switch. Okay, yeah, it seems so like I'm a playing. good way to do it. Yeah, yeah, because I, I thought about going PS5, but it was a little bit more expensive, and it's probably you know about the same. Yeah, game, <laughs> it's going to run no matter about where you well, play yeah, it. So might as sure. well save a few bucks on it. Sure, and, and, and be take able it on to the carry go. It around. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I am carrying my PS5 with me on my backpack, like a like a. Uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters uh, sure. uh, backpack. And then but. you have like a uh, a little fold-out screen around your <laughs> neck so you can look down as you walk and play. It's and been then, great for my social life and my spine. And then you have a giant generator that's just tied around your uh, leg like a ball and chain. <laughs> and then on my other leg, there's a, uh, a catheter with like a urine collection sure. bag. So I don't exactly. even need to like go to the bathroom with this rig. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about our first game so we don't have to think about me going to the bathroom <laughs> down my leg. Uh, our first game today is Wii Sports Club. Are you in the club? That's probably the tagline for it. I hope you're, it is. Yeah, right? but you're not because we looked. We tried to play this game online. No people. one's on the club This is anymore. the first time in the history of Wii U that Steve was inspired to be like, Let's try the online play. Yeah. Let's play some online Just Wii tennis. Morbid curiosity. Who in the world right now is sitting down to play Wii Sports Club the in the middle of the day besides us? Oh, besides yeah. us. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, you know, it turns out uh, nobody. Nobody yep. did. Uh, so this was released July 11th, 2014, developed by Bandai Namco and published by Nintendo, and it is a Wii U exclusive all right, so for a while there, Wii Sports was considered the best-selling game of all time, wow. which I think should come with a big old heavy asterisk yeah, because style. it just means, like, you know, the Wii sold well, and this was the free game that came with it. So yeah. it's like, even like... It, uh, it does uh, feel very cheaty. It in, does. In that, in that regard. Because no even one... Super Mario Brothers, which was the game that had the title beforehand, 
Yes, it was a pack-in, but you could also buy it separately. And you, you know? couldn't even get Wii... I guess there would, be, in theory, be no reason to get Wii Sports separately because you Nintendo wanted you to go buy a new one. A yeah. New Wii, so you'd get it then. I don't remember if they ever did, like, a proper retail version of that game, but that would be kind of insane I mean, if they did. I mean, people wore that plenty game of them, out. There's plenty of them floating around. Yeah. I mean, you know, regardless of how it's, uh, you know, of, of whether or not it deserves to be on that list, that that's up for nerds to, you know, debate. But sure. it's finally something nerds can debate. Finally, finally. For too long, nerds have been stuck with a dearth of topics of which they could share their opinions about. Everyone just agreed too much, yep, man. Exactly. Boring. There's one thing nerds are known for. It is their willingness to go along with the general consensus of others. Oh, absolutely. Oh, also, and to change their opinions when presented contradicting facts. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But regardless of how it got on that list, there is no denying that Wii Sports was a pretty seismic cultural moment. Yep. Everyone was playing this thing. People were playing it on TV shows. People like were playing this it was with their dads. People with were playing their it with cats. their dads' dads, their yeah. cats' dads, <laughs> their dads' cats. Their cat daddies, yeah. yeah. Their exactly. zaddies, their, their, their baddies, their hatties. I don't know which all the different hatties there sure. are. Uh, but, you know, this, this was kind of an exemplar of Nintendo's Blue Ocean strategy, which was what they were really promoting with the Wii. The idea that they're going to appeal to as wide a swath of the population as possible. Mm -hmm. And Wii Sports was that game. You could play it if you were six. You could play it with, if you were 600 years old. If you were like Tom Cruise uh, coming back and interview the vampire, and he's like, ah, I want to play a game. Because you were bored, because you've lived for so goddamn long, and you're like, I know. Uh, this motion control is the wave of the future. That's it. That's it. And you know. it was the wave of the future for maybe five years? A couple years. Three, yeah. Three yeah, years, yeah. and yeah. then people realize, wow, this kind of peaked like with Wii Sports. Like, <laughs> weirdly, yeah. Like, it's... It's one of those weird games that, like, it was a free kind of tech demo to explain how to use this Wii remote control. You know, it's a, like a really nice, low impact way to introduce you to these new mechanics. And it kind of did it better than almost any other game that right. came after it. Uh, so, you know, people kept coming back to Wii Sports. Like, it was, like, in hugely in rotation, like, for everybody who had a Wii. I played a lot of Wii Tennis. Mm -hmm. uh, that was kind of my main game. What was your main game? Uh, I kind of... For what I got the Wii really late. Um, I think at some point, you know, the Wii was like ten dollars at your various thrift stores. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I just picked one up and started messing with it. So I actually haven't played a ton of Wii Sports, but uh, I, I like the golf quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. The golf was always solid. You know, bowling is always solid. A little too easy, but yeah. you know, still satisfying. It's it's just all of the games, even though I think they kind of vary in quality, yeah. they were all intuitive to play and just intrinsically satisfying motions. Exactly, yeah. You could just pick this up and figure it out like pretty much immediately, which yeah, is I mean, uh, a, a real benefit. Yeah, from a gameplay perspective, like the actual scores sort of felt inconsequential. Yeah. Like, you're right, the bowling is mechanically easy easier to get a strike far easier to get a strike than it is in real bowling yeah but the motion of like you know pulling back on the wii mode and swinging forward and releasing it is pretty satisfying exactly so. yeah yeah and they strip it down to just its bare essence and that's why i think the follow-up which was wii sports resort which came out a couple years later that one was still popular but yeah. it's not quite as ubiquitous firstly because people don't want to buy it sure. and secondly because there are more games it's more complicated there's more that you need to learn in order to get into and that it. game is fun it like, is. I, that game has a good selection of games but like since we sports sort of cherry picked a lot of sort of the major games that would make the most sense with motion control. Yeah. And like most people know the rules to we sports resort had a tougher time. They're like, uh, what if you throw a Frisbee to a dog? Yeah. Like that's fun, but I don't know. It's not quite as ubiquitous as swinging a baseball bat. Exactly. Exactly. So let's cut to 2012 and the Wii U launch has gone poorly for <laughs> Nintendo to say the least. The studio worried about the prospects for their console they recognized that they needed to try and recapture the early Wii glory days. And so they decided to release an HD upgrade of the original Wii Sports collection. <laughs> which would include what everyone was begging for. Everyone was like, like, my problem with Wii Sports is not in HD. Yeah, we need to see those uh, grotesque me creations with yeah. more clarity, please. Uh, yeah, so and they were also going to add online functionality, which I think is a draw. Like, if you're going to play these games, like... 
I don't know if it'd be know. enough of a draw to get me to pay for it. I think it's it, a but... draw in theory, but yeah. not in practice. Because like you say, oh, look, now you can play these games competitively against mm-hmm. people. I feel like the appeal of something like boxing is not like getting on the leaderboards, but is watching your nephew play against your mother and both of them look totally stupid but are having a great time. Yes, like, yes, it, yes. It's equally like fun for everyone in the room just to watch people flail around. Absolutely. And you're not going to get that online. No, yeah, I guess that's a good point. That's a good point. But, you know, the... the I mean, the, it's something. The prevailing, it's a new feature, at least. The prevailing theory at the time was just everyone, oh, the, the kids like this online gameplay, right? And Nintendo was famously slow to adopt that kind of style. Uh, so, you know, they're like, all right, well, let's let's try this. Let's see if it works. Yeah. Uh, so Wii Sports Club includes all five original games from Wii Sports, but the release model came with a twist. Didn't we? Sorry, I'm confused real quick. Didn't Wii Sports have ping pong? No. Am I blanking on this? Okay. No, I don't think so. Okay. Maybe Resort did. I think there was a ping pong game. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I don't know. Uh, but so this this game had a different kind of release style. So initially, this was only available as a free download, and the game only included tennis and bowling. So if you okay. wanted bo- boxing, baseball, or golf, you'd need to either pay for the games individually or buy a season pass that would let you stream them for 24 hours using a cheaper day pass. Uh, so while critics of the time, they praised the, uh, they praised the improvements to the gameplay and liked the online competition. The pricing model was confusing and annoying to many players, and the game didn't really help shore up any kind of holiday sales because here's the problem. Wii Sports works on the Wii U. You yeah. can put that disc into this game. Uh, I don't think the HD upgrades here are noticeable enough to appreciate them. Why would they mean not noticeable at all? Exactly, I mean, exactly. The, the Wii Sports is one of those very cool games where um, it looks very, very simple and rudimentary, yeah. but it feels like by design. Exactly. It, 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 it kind of looks good and timeless and satisfying, even though it objectively looks... Like crap, like right. From a technical I, it was, standpoint, it looks very bad. Exactly, but. it was Nintendo's way of getting around having to animate arms for their motion right. controls. You know, it's like they'll we'll give it, we'll make it look stylish and kind of minimalistic. Uh, but this is also helping us with the technical problem. Yeah, and that that, like, that actually really does pay off because when you look at old game, even you know stuff from the PS2 and PS3 era, often the parts of a character model that look the wonkiest is yeah. like the way the legs move or things like that. So if you just have the feet sort of hop forward, it looks fine. Yeah. But like legs and arms bending can sometimes look pretty wonky. So I, I think this game is a pretty good metaphor for the Wii U in general because mm. it's kind of like people were not sure if this was a new game, just like I they weren't sure that Wii U was a new console, or they were like, what is this? Is this an add-on? Is this something I already need to pay for separately? Wii like, Sports what is this Club thing? is a tremendously confusing name because they the sequel to Wii Sports was called Wii Sports Resort. Which is another physical which, location. Which is a like, synonym it seems to like, the word club. It's like, okay, we have a naming convention for this yeah. for these sequels now, right? Okay, it's not so. called Wii Sports 2. It's called right. Wii Sports Resort. Now so there'll would, be a Wii Sports Arena, a Wii yeah. Sports Coliseum, like yep. we'll keep doing that. Like exactly, yeah. A Wii Sports uh, Malibu, yeah. Wii Sports Regatta. Exactly. Let's do that. So it, it's it's one of those really bizarre games that kind of doesn't really need to exist. Like it doesn't really justify its existence, especially now when you don't have access to the online capabilities. Well, you do have access, just no one will play with you. Exactly. Um, if this this game should have just straight up been five bucks, like mm-hmm. five bucks everything, and then. You're like, you're selling it to people who are like, I don't feel like digging out my uh, Wii Sports disc yeah. from my closet. I'll just spend five bucks and have this installed on my Wii U. Yeah. The feeling of them trying to milk more money from people in a confusing way just feels gross in a way that I don't think benefits Nintendo. Like, no. the money that Nintendo might have made from this game would be better lost to get this game on more people's systems. I think so, yeah, yeah. Because, like, this, you know, that's what people want is a party game with um, Wii Sports. And, like, throw one new sport in there. Like, throw one thing in there. I think the initial plan was if this release model was successful, they would keep releasing more games from the Wii Sports Resort catalog, and then maybe they would start doing some original games. I believe that was the initial idea, but we lose all of that because the game wasn't successful. So what we're left with is the five original games, which 
still play fine on the Wii. Uh, this yeah. does add Wii Motion Plus uh, requirements for your Wiimotes, which really doesn't fucked it up. Like, really honestly, add anything. Like, like it doesn't. Yeah, the majority of our time spent playing this game was it telling us that your uh, Wii Motion Plus was disconnected, even though it was sitting right in there. Yeah, and me trying to fondle it in there <laughs> a little, a little deeper. Yeah, and you know, taking out the strap and putting back in, and they're like, okay, you need to calibrate now and setting it down like it just wasn't quite to the like that's such the appeal of Wii Sports is like you just boot it up and it works yeah and here it felt like we were encountering a lot more technical issues we it, it just feels like Wii Sports but it's been slowed down dramatically there are a lot more menus there's a lot more explanation needed we get two oh, gamepad yeah. exclusive features in this game and that seems really paltry like i think the excuse for doing this game should be to use these games to explain the gamepad the way that they used it to explain right. the Wii mode, you know, like uh, integrate it basically like that. They only do it twice. One of them is with golf. You put your gamepad on the ground, which is the only game I've seen do something like this. Which is a real recipe for disaster. Like at yes. the start, they're like, don't step on your gamepad. And like, thanks, I won't intentionally step on my gamepad. You right. don't need to tell But we me that. still almost accidentally stepped on the gamepad. Yeah, like, like switching back and forth. Like it's, it's a very dumb piece of instruction. But the, the idea here is that the ball is going to appear on the gamepad. So the it's supposed to feel like you're teeing off. You can see a little outline of your golf club and then you can kind of swing it like that. And you know what? That's very cute. It does very feel cute. like you're teeing off in a, in a in a cool, satisfying way. I always I always get a kick when a game replicates an experience in a way I've never seen before. And that is new, and yeah. that's clever. Uh, it doesn't add anything from a gameplay perspective. In fact, I think it probably it makes detracts. It detracts because yeah. you can't both be looking down at your ball and up at the TV that has all the sort of meters and like descriptions of where the hole is that you can yeah. judge with. So there was a real sense of kind of hitting blind here. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and it was really hard to calibrate how hard you should be hitting, how hard you should be moving. Like the Wii motion plus is supposed to make everything more accurate, but I felt like it really kind of threw this golf yeah. game off. Well, especially cause you and I, like the other problem too is if you have to be in this position to look at the Wii U gamepad, you and I had to switch positions constantly, yeah. which A, adds risk of stepping on the gamepad, and yeah. B, it has to recalibrate every time we switch, yeah. as opposed to just getting used to wherever we're standing. Yeah, which is it's very annoying. I think the baseball game work uses the gamepad a little better, mm -hmm. um, at least a little more usefully. You're using it for pitching in this one. So you aim it up at the screen the same way we've seen in some other games, like where you uh, use the Gatorade meter to see how much sure. Gatorade your NBA players have. You're, you're aiming it at the TV, and that's how you do all of your pitching. You lock it into place, and then you pick your throw There's and a little modulate your power. That worked fine. Yeah, and I can't remember if the original Wii Sports had a pitching mechanic. I don't remember either. This was not one of the games I played very okay. often. I basically baseball and boxing I almost never touched sure. because they didn't really work. Yeah, it it must have, but there's also um a mechanic where you can catch pop flies like you'll hold the uh Wii mo or the gamepad up over your head and like you'll see the ball coming down and you just have to line it up with the circle. Yeah. I think this is a very cool idea and also does a good job kind of replicating the feeling of staring up in the sun trying to catch that pop fly, but in our innings that we played this it never triggered. Yeah. So no one hit a pop fly and like the um the fielding aside from that is non-existent. You have you have no control over your players. Otherwise, it's just like when someone hits, depending on who, which fielder gets the ball, it will say if it was a single or a double. Yeah. Um. And I think baseball is the game here I like the most. Just yeah. Because honestly, like I think I just like baseball video games. I do I too. Just find them kind of fun and soothing, and I like especially with a two-player interaction. I like the one player choosing a pitch and the other person trying to time the hit. And um, I think the Wii U is well-built for yeah. this kind of gameplay. Like, I'm because surprised we didn't have more baseball games. Yeah, I can't see which pitch you chose. Didn't we... We did play a baseball game for this show before, right? Like ESPN Sports Connection? I think it had a baseball mini and game I think in that there. The, the, if I remember, that was also the mini game in that game I enjoyed the most. Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. I can't remember which of them is better. 
but I can't remember either. I think it's probably better here. But, yeah. Okay. Sure. But otherwise, it's like you you know the rest of these games. Boxing or uh, tennis is tennis. Uh, bowling is always too easy on yeah. the Wii Sports, and uh, boxing just kind of doesn't work. We tried it with a one-handed mode, which basically makes it unplayable. Yeah, totally. Uh, and, and even if with the two hand with the nunchuck attached, it's just not a fun. No, tennis unquestionably works the best. Um, Yeah, it's probably the most satisfying. Yeah, it's the hardest one to screw up. Yeah, and I and I think that baseball is the one that is the most charming and unique on the Wii U. Like that will give you a different experience Mm -hmm. than the the Wii. but uh, yeah, none of it is enough to be excited about this game. No, Do you have it. This game couldn't have been full price when it got released, right? Oh, I don't think so. I think it was like a twenty dollar okay. like discount title. Um, but which Nintendo rarely does. But like, I can't imagine somebody paying sixty dollars for this. Like, there's so there's just no there there. I think it was a kind of a mistake that um, they released the with Nintendo Land. Yeah, like, as a concept, like it should have been whatever the new Wii Sports was. They should have yeah. just called it Wii Sports Three. And because Nintendo Land was charming, but it didn't have that kind of crossover appeal and the simplicity. You know, yeah, it didn't. It doesn't explain what the system is like. Or I mean, I guess the point was it explained the gamepad, but like Wii Sports is such a clear brand. Like, yeah, that at the time is a for who you're appealing to is a much more appealing brand than Nintendo. Yeah. Um. And to figure out, all right, how can we integrate a bunch of these sports using the Wii U gamepad? Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that the game here that has that Wii Sports label does very little with the gamepad. It's a shame. Yeah, it's really a shame. Uh, so not a whole lot to recommend on this one. It, it's so weird that Wii Sports has essentially vanished for yeah. it being like a huge flagship thing for Nintendo for a few years. And I mean, it was always kind of retro, you know, it always felt like sort of a throwback, you know, it was uh, the, the graphics on that, the, Wii were monumentally further behind like the PS three and the three sixty. but you know, people still embraced it. The, for the motion, like I think the switch has motion control and it really hasn't made much use of that. I wonder it's because you can't. It's very inconvenient to play that in dock or not in a handheld mode. Because there there is a new Wii Sports for Switch. Oh, there is. Yeah, okay. it just came out. I forget what it's called, but like that's it's a more fully featured game, and I think it does use uh, motion controls okay. a little bit more. Well, let's move on to our next game today. That is Rabbids Land. This was released November eighteenth, twenty twelve. That's right. It is a launch game, and this was re- developed and published by Ubisoft. And I believe this is a Wii U exclusive. That would make sense. It'd be a very weird game to show on other consoles. It would be. Uh the Rabbids. Let's talk about those wascally wabbits. Love, love the rabbits. Oh man, who doesn't yeah, love the rabbits? Yeah, you got posters plushies all up over your house we yeah. both went as rabbits uh for halloween last year i went as rabbits to work yeah. like yeah yeah uh, so the rabbits are the rare example of a spin-off character that might actually be more successful than the source material um these mischievous little proto minions debuted in 2006's rayman raving rabbits which was a launch game for the Wii that used motion control for some pretty fun and clever little mini games yeah. mostly involved shooting plungers but yep. there are some fun bits a cute in here game. Like most Wii, Wii it's launch titles. It's one of those games that you get away with by being a, Wii, a, a launch title. Exactly. Where like if it exactly. had come out like four years in, people would be like, what the fuck is this? And we've but, kind of touched on this briefly because we've done two separate episodes on Rayman at this point. Uh, both both of those games wound up in our top tens. Like oh, Ray, that's Rayman, true. Rayman Legends is currently our joint, our united choice for the number two, two. game on the Wii and U. And then uh, Rayman 2 is, another, is a fantastic game for the Nintendo 64. It cracked the top ten. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So Rayman is... Bad. Uh, it, it, that's a that's a good property to attach to this if you want nerds like me to get excited. Sure. Uh, and that was kind of what they did. It was sort of like a backdoor pilot approach where, like, we're going to introduce these new characters, but we're going to attach it, another well-known Ubisoft character to kind of escort because him in. Because by that point, Ray, that was maybe, that like, the low point of Rayman's career. Like, he kind of came three. back yeah. with Origins and Legends, uh, and has been riding that success for a while, but they're like, all right, this this brand character isn't going anywhere, so what can we do with it? Rayman 2, for uh, being uh, critically acclaimed, like pretty much across the board, I don't think it was a huge seller, no. and then Rayman 3 was considered kind of a disappointment. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's fine. He can he can shill a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was successful. Uh, this game launched two sequels within two years, uh, Rayman Raving Rabbits 2 and Rayman Raving Rabbits TV Party. Okay. And then in 2009... <laughs> 
they dropped the Rayman from it. They decided that these characters were able to fly on their own and they're going to be their own new IP. So the next couple of games in the series went standalone, starting with 2009's Rabbids Go Home. Uh, Rabbids Land, which we're talking about today, is the fourth of six standalone games that we've gotten so far. The series has sold about 14 million copies to date, which is wow. pretty solid. Yeah. Inspired a short-lived animated TV show in the process. And they're all probably pretty cheap to make. And it received this weirdly huge coup in 2017 when they shared billing with Mario yeah. for Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Uh, if you'd given me a million choices, I never would have expected that those two paired together would make an XCOM parody, and also that it'd be a pretty good game. Have you like, played that game? I have played that game. Yeah. I like it. There's a sequel coming out this October, and like, it, it just seems like Mario never crosses over with yeah. non-Nintendo characters. Unless like, it's we, like Sonic. Like, it was a big deal when he yeah. crossed over with Sonic. And that's you like know? a huge character. It's a huge character, and Rabbids are like... 50th tier video sure. game maybe IP? maybe to our our tastes of ip maybe they rank higher to other uh, probably markets. with the youth but i mean i would i would sooner see like mario x minecraft or something sure, like you know or, or there there are dozens of other characters that you could probably do before the rabbits but those work like those are fun games and they're they're charming and they've got some pretty good mechanics and they're kind of they're it's not even like that watered down of an XCOM. It's huh. it's a pretty fully featured strategy game. That's cool. Like so, hey. What is the relationship? I mean, I know you're not an expert in your rabbit rabbit lore, but what oh, is the relationship between the rabbits and the minions? Like, I I know that the the technical answer is none. Yeah, but like, has Ubisoft like ever sued like Illumination or something? Because not that I've ever seen, it but came like, out, like I think Despicable Me is like ten years old at this point. It's uh, yeah, twenty ten, I believe, twenty eleven, something like that. Because they have and like Ra Rabbids two thousand five, two thousand six. Yeah, like they have the exact same vibe. They so, they like, have the same like height to kind of the pill shaped bodies, uh -huh. like the the nonsense language. They're always kind of agents of chaos that are. But they're lovable, you they're know. They're kind of just constantly getting conked by things. It and they're also kind of like indistinguishable from each other, except for a few small details. It's similar also to what the penguins of Madagascar were trying to oh, do. Oh, sure. Yeah. So there were a lot of those things kind of going around. But I don't know. Like, I don't. It's like to me, a company like um, Ubisoft would be like hyper vigilant about something that seemed close enough that they could potentially have some, a lawsuit there, and like this. To me, I think like you have a case. A, just a total dunce is like there seems like there's something here. Like maybe they somehow worked it out in advance or of some kind because it, it, it that's always baffled me. And they both feel kind of like I don't know if I'm alone in feeling that the minions feel like vaguely European as well. Like there's something about the yeah, sensibilities kind of, of smurf, those movies. Smurfish. Yeah, kind of smurfish, kind of uh, kind of vaguely Belgian. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> but like yeah, they do feel. Um, of a piece like yeah. it definitely feels like the minions were inspired and like the minions are making money hand over fist currently the yeah. new movie is in theaters with a hundred million dollar opening weekend like we were all excited i hope ubisoft is getting okay. a little some of that so i was on a dating app last night mm -hmm. with big mistake yeah never never do, never do this but there was a person whose profile was I'm looking, bear in mind, I'm a 34-year-old man. Sure. I Just to be clear, my interests are not set to anyone who is substantially younger than me, <laughs> but this person's interests were, I'm looking for someone to go see Minions The Rise of Gru with me. And then they're like, I'll go out with you if you go see Minions The Rise of Gru with me. And I was like, in a message, I'm like, is this a bit? Like, yeah. Are you, are you legitimately you really excited about this? this? But and then I decided, you know what, this person and I... Probably not that compatible. Probably not. Unless Probably it is not. a bit. Unless like, it, yeah, yeah. I've been reading too about uh, some theaters are banning people from showing up in suits and ties because the trend right now with the Gen Z is hashtag gentle minions okay. where you show up in like business attire or opera attire to this movie uh, and then you sit patiently and quietly and watch the movie and then at the end uh, you give it a standing ovation. And just say bravo, and I like this seems pretty harmless that's as far as awesome. TikTok trends like, go. Yeah, that that's an awesome bit. But I, like, I, I thought you were gonna like break out and like rip off your suit and start yelling. Was no, gonna be the bit based no, on like what I know about TikTok. They're kind of just doing the Citizen Kane thing at the end of of Minions: The Rise of Gru. I'm like, 
Okay, bring this. Okay. Br- uh, do that. I, I like that bit. Do it for. Uh, do it for a movie that's actually good. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Know. Maybe that movie's fine, but it's probably fine. I don't know. I've only seen the first one of these Minions movies. And I mean, like, and it should tell you how similar these characters are by how much we're talking about the Minions in relation to the right. rabbits. There is a movie that's just called Minions, right? At there this is. Point? Yeah, they okay. spun off into its own thing. Yeah, because Gru is like. And so okay, and we're we're, big, do- we're yeah. dropping that now. But my last question is. Um, what are the rabbits still a thing? Like, I guess they were in that XCOM thing or the Mario Cross. Yeah, I think that's kind of what's keeping them alive because uh, that that next game is coming out this October okay. on the Switch, and uh, that first one was a surprise success, and people like it. I like it, you know. Like, I would probably you play count as people. One. I count as people sometimes. <laughs> Don't let anyone tell you otherwise, Steve. Uh, that is as counter to what my mom has been telling me my whole life. No, oh. I'm kidding. <laughs> sad. Yeah, that would be sad. It's not true. But yeah, so it's just kind of interesting that the rabbits like are pretty much not on our radar at all, but they're considered big enough at least to pair up with Mario, yeah. a character who is on our radar. Mm-hmm. So I was assuming because most rabbits games are kind of mini game collections, I was assuming that's what this would be. And those are in there. This is more of a Mario Party knockoff than it is a Nintendo Land knockoff. Right. I assume it's from called the title. Rabbit Land. Yeah, I assume from the title and just knowing how those uh, mischievous little rabbits like to operate that this was probably a parody of that. But no, it was released the same day, so it probably... That is confusing. Like, do you think that Nintendo's announcement of Nintendo Land would have been early enough that, like... It's... I'm curious, Maybe it just inspired them to make... You know, go with this name. If nothing else, like they were already developing the game. Yeah. And Nintendo announced, oh, it also Nintendo doesn't Land. feel like a game that has a tremendous amount of thought and ambition put no, into that's it. True. You know, it's a it's a game. Video that, games uh, are never easy to make, but this one is probably on the easier side of the spectrum. Probably, probably. If you play Mario Party, if you listen to our Mario Party episode a couple weeks ago, you know exactly what to expect. There really are not any surprises. Um, this one almost feels like it draws more from Trivial Pursuit, like because it has the thing where you have to get back to the, the center the of the board. The board after you here win. is just a circle, like yeah. Mario. You know, the boards in Mario Party sort of ebb and flow and go in and out of these weird little nooks and crevasses, and mm. you, you meet other characters. You're like, you want to ride on my back up to the top of the beanstalk? I don't, I don't remember that level, but I'm sure I do exists. want to. Yeah, yeah. I, want to, okay. I want to meet him and do that. Um, whereas here, you just, it, it, yeah, very much looks like a Trivia Pursuit or Sorry board. Yeah. Um, where it has three rings that get wider as you go out, and you just collect trophies. Yeah. Um, there's no coins um, or stars as different currencies. Like, there's, Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. It's like this slot will, if you win this contest, you'll get three trophies. If right. you land on this slot, you'll get two trophies. If like, you answer this quiz question correctly, you'll get two trophies. Um, the thing that's odd about it is all of the mini games are two player mini games. There's yeah. no, there's a four player game, but none of the mini games are four players. So when one of the rabbits lands on a mini game square, it will randomly fling that rabbit and another character to play against each other. And one player will use the gamepad, and one player will use the nunchuck, the Wii yeah. nunchuck, which I think is where this game shines. Like, I like that every mini game has one person on the gamepad and yeah. one person using the nunchuck because, like, that's what's cool about this system. And there's quite a large number of mini games. Like, yeah, we, we played a decent variety, and then. Once you complete one game, you unlock the free play mode, but you can only play mini games that you've already encountered. So it's still trying to incentivize you to play the board game mode, which, which like, is a bummer. You could easily do with that. The board game part of it feels like it's just a roadblock to getting to the fun stuff. Yeah which is not a good way you want to feel about your game. Like, it would have been better if they just pared this down, just like, hey, this is a new minigame collection. Is it lazy? Whatever. Enjoy it. Yeah. I would have enjoyed it more. Yes, no question. Because the other squares all just feel like kind of wheel spinning. Yeah. Like, even the quiz show one, it will ask you, like, we both like trivia, and it'll ask you some trivia that, like, the point is you have no idea. Like, they're usually about anatomy or something gross. It's like... How much snot does the average person produce per day? And like two of the answers are clearly just joke answers where they're like a couple barrel fulls, yeah. two bottles. And you're like, these are not actual measurements of anything. And then um, so you you guess what the answer is and other people guess whether you got it wrong or right. 
But like trivia wherein you have no idea what the answer is, is kind of a waste of time. It is because it's just guessing. Yeah, it's just random guessing. Your chances are as good as anybody else's. Like because there's no way you're going to know how much stubble the average American man shaves off his face in his lifetime. And maybe that's like an appeal of this game because like it's intended for all ages. So if they're just nonsense trivia that no one's going to know, you could play it with a kid or like it's not a pop culture. It doesn't test your pop culture knowledge. No, not but at all. it does make those feel like more filler. And then there's spots you can land on that drop a present for you. Then they're like, all right, select your present. And then it drops, and then they're like, all right, press the present again to open it. And then yeah. you open it, and, like, it just, everything takes way too long. It really does. Uh, yeah. yeah you, you spend a lot of time, like, all of the rabbits, every time they roll, they'll kind of, like, swim around the board and go. They'll just make gross noises or, like, fart, and I don't know. It's just, it's not that entertaining. No. No, but I mean, the the mini games here are clever, you know, like they're clever enough that they could be fun in like little short bursts, you know, and I, I like that the game doesn't make us watch uh, entire uh, CPU versus CPU yep. uh, mini games. That's nice. There's but. a very annoying habit in the uh, core game of there's no way to go back to the rules once you've started a mini game. And there yeah. were twice where I just accidentally skipped through the rules because you're constantly handing the Wii U gamepad back. It's and easy to, yeah. And then it just started. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And it's weird for how slow everything else goes that there's not just an obvious like press start to go back to the rules. I don't know. That's kind of the thing with this game in general. There's a lot of seemingly obvious oversights. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, things that they should have probably figured out. Like, like all I, of the rabbits themselves are just color, like they're just different colored rabbits, and it would be nice if you could like give them a cute hat or something to yeah. help give them a little more personality. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. What were some of the mini games we played? Uh, I mean, there was a uh, the better ones were kind of like there was a. Uh, Guitar Hero style thing. I don't know what you were seeing on your end, but it's kind of like a rhythm action game yeah. where I'm using the uh, nunchuck and the Wiimote to kind of tap along with a, a Guitar Hero style. And I had the game pad, and it was kind of like if you've ever played the game Audio Surf, where like uh-huh. two like lines of sort of fire come along at me along with the music that you're tapping, and then I just have to tilt it right and left to avoid the fire. Yeah. And if I get hit seven times, you win, and if I can survive over the duration, I win. Yeah, there was a fun one where like uh, I'm controlling a couple of thieves and mm-hmm. you're controlling a security guard trying to Night stop trap me. Style. Yeah, exactly. Was, uh, yeah. And I have to stay out of the red zone, but you're trying to hit I me the entire time. I can switch between cameras and then shoot lasers. Um, yeah, that one was a lot of fun. That yeah. was definitely a highlight. The most annoying was where there you have to draw shapes in a garden, and there's this little crazy guy like walking around like digging up all the well, shapes. Well, that would be the other character is the other person yeah. runs around and tries to dig up your shapes before you can draw them. No fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying all of these are great. But no, there is enough. But there were there were some cute ones. There were some good ones, and like when we looked at the free play mode, it looked like there was at least twenty to thirty mini games that we hadn't unlocked yet. Yeah, that I would have been curious to play. The issue is, I wouldn't be curious enough to want to play through the board game mode again. Exactly, it's a really tedious like board game mode, and like it is just crazy that all the mini games are only two player. Like, I don't know. It is kind of strange that people are getting left out. Of yeah. That. Because you can do asymmetric gameplay. Fine. Yeah. With Mario three, party 10 did it really well. Yeah. With three people on the TV and one person on the game pad. Uh, yeah, it, it does make this game a little disappointing, even though I enjoy the way that it is, um, works so hard to integrate the game pad. Yeah. That's, that's really what I've learned. Like I really have, I'm get affection for and give kind of a free pass to those games that really try to use the gamepad. Cause yeah. like for this being a, we, you know, we, you show it's rare that the game that's built around the gamepad comes up. Like exactly. Yeah. And, and most of them were like front loaded, like on the, uh, on launch day, like this game was. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it is nice to kind of come across them and find like some new novel approaches to it. Yeah. Though I don't think any, uh, like, I don't think any of these games are as good as most of the ones from like game and Wario. Exactly. Yeah. That one still kind of stands out. Do we have anything more about any of these? Nah. I think we're good. All right, let's move on to our rankings. Each week we are ranking the games that we have just played. 
I'll kick us off this week. Uh, so Rabbids is going to be my lower game, I believe. So this is going to be number 81 for me. That's okay. uh, just below Avengers Battle for Earth and right above the two Mario Man, and Sonic Avengers games. I forgot Avengers Battle for Earth. Me too. That was a weird fucking game. That was so weird. Where you just like press a combination of buttons on the gamepad and, and then a bunch the, of crazy stuff happens. It literally dial a combo, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that puts it at number 81. It's above the uh, uh, Olympic Games, which I uh, found more tedious than... Yeah. I think the mini games here are actually better than those. Yes, but, I agree. Uh, uh, Wii Sports is, you know, fundamentally still a solid game. I have it at number 56, which is underneath the NES Remix pack. I just think this game is kind of a cheap-ass cash grab. It doesn't really add anything substantial to the Wii uh, sports experience and it just feels like too little too late. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm actually with you totally on your explanations, um, but I'm very different in my rankings. Okay. Um, no, that's what I'm here for. Wii Sports Club I'm putting actually farther back, um, which is right ahead of Angry Birds, those Angry Birds games at number 71. Okay. I'm with you. I like Wii Sports. I think it's a fun game, but like when a game is not a pack-in game, like, it was hard to be mad at Wii Sports because you're like, oh, this is free, and it has, like, five little games I could dick around with. Sure. But when you go and purchase it separately and you're like, this only has five games, like, there's so little content here yeah. that it would hard not to be kind of salty about it. Um, and like I said, like I just appreciate games that have this asymmetric, like, minigame gameplay, and maybe there's a code um, to unlock all the mini games for free play mode and rabbits or something, because that might be the way to do it. Or like, it would also probably be less annoying if you played with four humans, probably. Um, because then the filler is not quite as irritating. Um, yeah. so I'm putting it number forty-seven, which is ahead of the Lego games, which just okay. kind of irritated me. After sure, a while. which is fair. Which yeah. is fair. We played a lot of them. Well, we have one letter this week. Uh, this it's one from starts. R. Abbots. Oh, another one from M. Inions. Yeah. Uh, it's just a bunch of pictures of bananas. And Ooh. another one from an adult in peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was banjo. <laughs> Somebody needs to do a like uh, an indistinct voice cinematic universe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where the the adults from Peanuts meet up with the characters from Banjo Kazooie, mm. and they just go. Wah, 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 wah. That would be. Great. And they're all voiced by David Lynch. <laughs> yes. So this letter starts, Hey there, Ultra 64 crew, which may or may not include one or more special guests. It does not, but thank mm -hmm. you. You were close. So this may sound no, weird, it was true. but I had a dream that I remembered you about you guys last night. You were hosting an Ultra 64 convention, and it was the opening ceremony. <laughs> and there were two attendees, and their <laughs> name were Steve and Woody. <laughs> For some reason, you had hired a song and dance group to perform the hits of the 60s, and everyone, including you guys, were getting really into it. <laughs> I remember also that I was really hungry and kept bumping into people trying to get to the pizza bar that was set up at the right of the stage. As bizarre as it sounds, it interestingly was a dream that had no supernatural element and could have been real very odd. But I could see us playing like a Hits of the 60s yeah, album. That's our brand. We heard it through the grapevine. Absolutely. Anyway, my question is, have you guys ever dreamed about a video game? I rarely remember dreams I have, but my wife can attest that I have had dreams about video games because I will say things like, Everybody get down! Now attack from the flank! If I've been in a lot of battles while playing Skyrim or Kuso, the slang translation of shit, if I've been playing a lot of Yakuza. Okay. So if I haven't had a dream about a video, if you haven't had a dream about a video game, then what video game would be the best to be in a dream about? It is Ooh. sad that the dynamic duo will eventually part ways, but alas, all good things must come to an end. My only request is you guys continue to do other podcasts after this one is over. That way I'll have two podcasts to listen to as a result. And that is from Tim. Thank Thanks, you, Tim. Tim. It's very nice of you. Have, is this our first I had a dream about you email? Because uh, I feel like that's yeah. a threshold crossing moment yeah. in podcasting. Absolutely. <laughs> it means you should stop listening to us while you're trying to sleep. Yeah. Um, I I've, I think I, I, I don't know if this counts as a video game dream. I don't really remember my dreams very Me often, either. like almost never. But I remember uh, being in high school and spending an entire day, like morning till night, playing StarCraft. And that okay. night, I could not get images from StarCraft out of my head, and I had a splitting migraine headache. 
and I kind of stopped playing the game after that. Interesting. Uh, so I think that was, and I, I also changed the way I play video games too. Now <laughs> I play you don't like play them for sixteen hours. Straight? I do not. I do them in one or two hour bursts, and then I move on with Though, other things. But. I I could relate to that on StarCraft. That definitely seems like the kind of game if you were in, in 1998, you're like, holy shit, I'm gonna play this the rest of my life. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, so. I, I didn't have dreams necessarily, but I couldn't sleep because I couldn't get these images out of my head. Okay. And it was so frustrating. Like every time you close your eyes, I'm still seeing it playing and like, I can't stop it. We require additional pylons. No. pylons. Oh, damn you. Yeah, that was a bad night. <laughs> Memorably so. I don't know. Have you had ever had any uh, video I'm game dreams? I'm like you. I, I don't remember my dream. Have you ever like thought of keeping a dream journal or something like that? So I have one. Yeah, I, oh, okay. I kept one because uh, my therapist recommended it, but it, like it's empty because I, I don't remember them. Like I don't I don't wake I up think and remember you, them. Like I think what happens is I will wake up and remember my dream and be like, oh, yeah, I'll remember that. And then I kind of fall back asleep. Yeah. And then when I wake up, I'm like, oh, I remember I had a dream. It's just gone. And, but it's gone. It's like, I think to do that, you have to like literally wake up and be like, I'm writing this down yeah. right now. This moment. Yeah. yeah. Like flaming globes. Sigmund, yeah. Like flaming globes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the point is, I probably have dreamed about video games because definitely when I was younger, there were times in class where I would just kind of like imagine them sort of flowing over me. Yeah. Um, but I don't have any specific memories of it. Um, what? So what game world would you want? I would want to dream like a very serene, peaceful world. I wouldn't want to dream your uh, yeah your your sky. Maybe Skyrim might be okay. Skyrim might be okay. Like, like maybe uh, Call uh, of Duty. Yeah, I guess. What's a world you like living in? I mean, I guess if you're gonna go peaceful, you don't get much more peaceful than like flower, which already feels like a little dream situation yeah. where you're just a. A leaf on the wind, you know. I think braid, like the aesthetic of braid, comes to mind. Though I think, like the spoiler, the end reveal is that your character is essentially a massive creepo. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So maybe, so, maybe that's not quite the way to go. Maybe not without that part. Maybe yeah. like uh, uh, outer wilds or something would be pretty oh, cool because it feels kind of scary yeah. but beautiful and like yeah. No, that would be a good one. Outer space exploration. Yeah. I don't know. I, I love the way those uh, Wonder Boy Dragons Trap games look. There you go. That'd be yeah. a good one to be in. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for sending that letter. You can send any other letters to ultra64podcast at gmail.com. We always love to get them. And people might have some things they want to talk about next week because we're, we, you know, we've been talking about some some smaller scale ones we for a little bit. We talked about the big star of the uh, that XCOM crossover, the Rabbids, oh, but the now we're going to start talking about the second fiddle of that game. Absolutely. The, the up-and-comer, uh, a guy named Mario, because we are playing new Super Mario Brothers U and we're also playing new Super Luigi Brothers U. Me? Just to get you. You. You're, I'll play Mario. You play Luigi. Ooh, perfect. Uh, we're playing these two. These are uh, big-ass side-scrolling platforming games. Uh, big hits on the Wii U uh, to the degree that there were big hits on the <laughs> Wii U. These are up there. So excited to get back into some proper Mario platforming times. So we will see you next week for those. New Super Mario Brothers U. New Luigi Brothers U. And not any more rabbits. Sorry, no more. No more. We've read your emails. We're done. <laughs> All right. Well, bye, everybody. Peace.